Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Good Morning Football. My name is Rachel Benetta, alongside Peter Schrager, Adam Rank, and D'Angelo Hall. Guys, there is no easy way to start this show today. I think we're all feeling insane this morning. Yesterday was an incredibly sad day for this country. 19 children were murdered, two adults in Texas, and, you know, it feels insane to do television today. But... I think that the reason why I love this show so much is it gives us a little bit of a break. It lets us step away from all the terrible things that you might have going on in your life and what's going on in this world. And um, I just think that that's what we're going to try and do today. You know, we're starting to see the faces that go with these numbers, and I just can't imagine how these families are feeling waking up to this nightmare today. And all across the country, we're all just feeling really heavy. So I apologize. We're going to try and get through the show today, and we're going to try and give you a little bit of levity in this impossibly dark time. I'm joined by these incredible talents, and Schrager, you have such a special show here, and uh, hopefully we can bring, you know, the fans of this show and, and football fans, we're all feeling the same way today. And I just think that, you know, moments like this, shows like this, it is important for us to show up and, and talk about the things that we love and just bring a little bit of light to this very dark moment. Our show, Good Morning Football, is a sports show. It is also a show that it's something that's a bit of an escape. And as trivial as it might seem, we are going to talk football and we're going to do our best to put on a show that serves you, the viewers, and is an alternative to what are the horrors of what's going on in our country right now. It feels incredibly awkward to do this, but let's get to some NFL news that happened yesterday. A lot of teams were at OTAs. The Miami Dolphins were one of them. 
Cameron Wolf, our uh, star reporter here at the NFL Network, has been on site with the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, the receiver for the Dolphins, was on the podium, and Cameron Wolf had some uh, reports, and we have some sound from Dolphins camp that occurred yesterday. Tyreek Hill had rave reviews for his new quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, Tuesday, saying, look, despite some of the narrative, he throws one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. He said confidence is huge in this league, and he believes if you give confidence and support to Tua, it'll tap into that crazy arm strength and sky's the limit potential that he sees in practice. Now, a lot of people are going to roll their eyes. We haven't seen a lot of that deep ball success for Tua in the early parts of his career, but it's not the first time I've heard a Dolphins player say that. One player asked me earlier this offseason, where did the narrative come about that Tua can't throw the deep ball? We've seen him throw nice 50 to 60 yard passes and practice. And we believe with a different scheme and improved O-line, he can do that in the game. And so that takes me back to Hill. Watching Dolphins OTAs, his speed is different. The most dynamic player on the field. And so Tua now has the weapons. And come September, he can prove Hill's comments prophetic with his play. Thank you, Cameron. Okay, so Tyreek Hill is bullish on what he sees from his quarterback, but are we? Uh, D'Angelo, I'm going to start with you. How confident are you in uh, Tua? Look, hearing that report that Tua throws one of the prettiest balls he's ever seen, like when I was watching Tua coming out of college and in college, I thought the same thing, right? I'm I'm a huge fan of Tua Tungavailoa, but in this league, it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and and I just have not seen it from Tua. And so am I confident? Uh, not really. Do I believe in, in this football team? Yes, they've gotten a lot better. You think about all the weapons um, they've added. And when I say weapons, weapons doesn't mean just speed. I'm thinking about Teron Armstead, the all-pro left tackle. He's going to help that football team be able to run the football. If they can run the football um, and do what Mike McDaniel wants to do, um, play action pass, kind of be similar to what the 49ers do with imposing their will on their opponents. I got all the confidence in the world if this offense can stay on schedule by being successful running the football we know what this defense brings to the table I mean everything I saw from Tua in college showed me that this dude can absolutely be a stud add a guy like that Chase Edmonds to the pack I mean he's a home run hitter catches it out the backfield I mean your prototypical type of San Francisco back that's going to succeed in these zone scheme uh, run games so I'm excited to watch this offense and, you know, am I sold? Not quite yet, but I can be persuaded to it. So let's go. Well, that's one of the things, D'Angelo, is that I I feel like we've gotten a little bit spoiled in this league with guys like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, who've hit the ground running and have put up prolific numbers over their their first couple of seasons in the league. But, you know, everybody's different. Every quarterback's different. Every situation is different. I don't want to give up on Tua too early. I'm similar to you. I was confident in him coming out of college. We saw him play at an exceptional level at Alabama. He came out. He rallied that team to a national championship win and so I would really hate to just move on you could go to BuzzFeed right now and read all these articles about celebrities who are told they would never make it in this town Steve Carell was never going to be a A list actor and then eventually turn it around and I think that it's it's worth giving two of this opportunity with Mike McDaniel to go out there and prove himself and establish that he can be that guy you know we're we're, he still was working through an injury coming off of uh coming out of college We had the COVID season. I actually do have a lot of confidence in Tua, and I think he's going to get it done this year. 
That's great. I, I love that you do. And D'Angelo, I think your take is good too. Here's the deal. I haven't seen it yet. There's been flashes, but has Tua made that big throw that Herbert can make? No. Has Tua had a big win in the NFL in a late December, early January game? No. And yet... There's reason for confidence, and it's not just the players on the roster. I'm going to go back to that head coach, Mike McDaniel. Here's the facts. Mike McDaniel was hired to get the very most out of Tua Tungavailoa in 2022. That's, that's, it was him or Kellen Moore. Who's going to be the young offensive coach that is going to not only make this man's career, but save the Dolphins from irrelevance for yet another season. Here's the deal on McDaniel. He is a quarterback whisperer, okay? Kyle Shanahan's always been the guy above him on the org chart, but he's been the guy in the quarterback's ear a lot of these times. If there was a bad cop in Kyle Shanahan, there was an arm around you in Mike McDaniel. One of the points that has been made time and time again on this show that I will say again, every quarterback that Mike McDaniel has coached, and he's been on the staff, has had the very best individual season of his career with Mike McDaniel on that staff. That goes from Robert Griffin III, that goes to Matt Ryan, that goes to Matt Schaub in the Houston days, and that goes to Jimmy G most recently. It goes right down the list. If you want to bring up Brian Hoyer and what Mike McDaniel's staff did with Brian Hoyer, having him at 7-3 and three and on the top of the AFC North a few years back, that was Mike McDaniel's staff. Now, he's the head guy. It's not necessarily the one in the quarterback's ear every day, but gosh, if there was ever an arsenal of players and a coach they could get the very much most out of Tua Tunga Vailoa. It is that guy. So I'm going to say right now going into this, I've got my questions on Tua and I think that's fair, but I think mm-hmm. he's got all the tools and he's got the right coach to bring the most out of him. I agree with you guys, and I agree with you, Shregs. I think that there has been some off-season changes that are really positive for Tua. And every single time I think about Tua and what a special guy he is, I think back to this moment. I believe this happened after his first start in the NFL. After the game was over, he went out onto the field and just sat there and had a moment and was like, this is my life now. You can just tell, and, and the way that Mike McDaniel also talks about him, You can tell that this guy just loves football so much. And I think that sometimes because of how well-spoken he is, he's polite, he's smart, he's a little bit more reserved. Maybe people have questions about his passion, but now he's got a crazy weapon in Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's also very confident in this guy as well. I don't know if you saw those quotes, but I kind of feel just like what you were saying, Shregs, you've got some questions. This might be like a make it or break it situation this upcoming season. We had those conversations last year about, is it gonna be Deshaun Watson at the Miami Dolphins? He had to go through all of those conversations, all of those questions, and now he's gonna have to go out and prove himself this year, but he's got a pretty sweet team to do that with. Let's get to some very good news, okay? I think we can all use a little good news. Peter, Good Morning Football is in its seventh season, which is insane, and last night the show got some very big news. Walk us through what the last like six hours have been like for you guys. Award winner, um, best studio show daily on all of television in the sports category. We won the Emmy last night. Our competition is as esteemed as it gets. I just want to thank you, the viewers, for watching our show. We put on a silly little show every day and uh, we talk football and this is not for anyone in particular. It is for a total team effort. I'm sorry if this sounds like a victory speech. It really does mean so much though to us and especially in such a, a day of just terrible news yesterday in the country for us to have a moment of happiness for our show. I speak on behalf of so many um, who watch and for you guys who who are supportive at the NFL Network uh, thank you this is cool 
it's time for another edition of GMRB. All week, we'll each take turns presenting our list of five specific running back groups. You know what I'm going to give y'all, though? The five toughest tackles that I've had to make in the NFL against these running backs. And the list could have been wild, right? Because I think about guys through the course of my 14-year career, right? I've played against Priest Holmes and LeGarrette Blunt and Marshall Falk and some of the all-time greats. Edwin Ooh. James, I can't forget you either. But for the most of my career, I got the chance to go against some of these guys on my name. So I'm going to go ahead and give y'all number five. And it's LaShawn McCoy. And I know some people might be scratching their head because you think maybe I'm going for a big old power back. But no, my running backs, they all come in different shapes and sizes. And LaShawn McCoy, what made him so hard was he was one of the most shiftiest running backs I had ever encountered. Think about Barry Sanders, and I'm not saying he's Barry Sanders, but when Shady got a chance to get you in the open field, you best believe you had to be on your A game. So as a little DB, right, we typically don't like big backs. We wanted a big back every week because no one wanted to hit LaShawn McCoy because he was just this change of direction was out of this world. Hall of Fame changing direction. So that's my number five back. Number four, Chris Johnson. Now, I know a lot of people said we threw some shade on CJ because we didn't put him in the fastest, fastest man competition. I'm giving him some love because anytime Chris Johnson was on the football field, you had to get your track spikes on because you knew if he touched it in the screen game, if he touched it in the draw game, anywhere on that football field, dude could take it to house. And not often did you see running backs who were faster than the receivers or faster than every skill position on the field. But that's what CJ was, man. And he possessed a little bit of power, too. Amazing balance. But come on, guys. The most scrimmage yards in NFL history, 2,500. A lot of those came catching them screens out the backfield. He would embarrass guys in the open field. My number three running back. Adrian Peterson. And I know a lot of people wanted AP a little bit higher, but AP really didn't scare me. He scared everybody else in the league, but he didn't scare me. For some reason, we always had pretty good success against AP, but he definitely kept you up all the time worrying about, man, how am I going to get this dude down? Yards after contact, man. He leads the league since 2007. Um, 7,356 yards after the first dude touches him. That was AP. I mean, just home run hitter, power. Ever since he stepped foot out of Oklahoma, man, everybody feared Adrian Peterson just because the dude was such an intimidating dude on the football field. All right, so my number two running back, LT. LT probably could have been number one because everybody knows that Damian Thomason was an absolute beast. He already got his gold jacket. 28 touchdowns in one season. I mean, the dude was electric. Like, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a running back, and I thought I was LT. He's a couple years older than me. I got to play a little running back in high school. But he played on some of the dopest teams out there with the Chargers. Uh, You think about Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates. LT was the engine in that machine that just kept that offense rolling and rolling. Got to get mad props to LT, like I said. And I'm going to give y'all my number one running back. I know everybody's probably like... Man, who could be number one? And it's Marshawn Lynch. Every time we had to play this dude, you were like, man. Because I'm a little bit crazy. Marshawn might be one dude that might be a little bit crazier than me. 
and it showed on the football <laughs> field. I mean, it was nothing he wasn't uh, 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 able to do, catch it out the backfield. Just always kept his feet going and grinding. And I also got to get some love to Mike Robinson because he was one of the lead backs out there blocking that kicked my team out the playoffs when Marshawn was able to just pick up a first down anytime he wanted to. Might not be everybody's top five list, but this is my top five toughest to tackle running backs through the course of my career. Guys, what do you think? I'm going to start with you, Shrakes. What do you think of that list? All right, so those are all, uh, you know, A-plus guys. I'm always into... The who was left off this list. You know who was a great running back for years in this okay. league, especially in your peak years as a player that I don't see on this list? Tell me about Arian Foster. What was it like going up against Arian Foster? I feel like he's very often overlooked when we talk about the greatest running backs of his generation, but he was the best running back for a period in time. Yeah, I mean, he was an absolute stud. You think about the balance, and I'm going to have to give a little love to uh, Matt Forte, too, with the uh, with the Chicago Bears, because both of those running backs really could do anything, too, on the football field, right? Didn't get all the pub, necessarily, but, I mean, just complete backs. Could catch it out the backfield, had the vision, had the balance, had to change a direction, could run you over or run around you. So absolutely, man, I got to give you some love on that Arian Foster. Not many folks would have thrown that name out there, but loved him. Loved competing against him. All right, we're talking about Steelers up next. Are they getting the respect that they deserve? Do they deserve our respect? We're going to talk about it. Don't go anywhere. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. 
John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my day. day. Oh, Let's start in Pittsburgh, where our own NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport dropped the news on us last night. Omar Khan, the in-house favorite, is now expected to be the next Steelers GM. Groomed for years, now lands in the big chair. Shregs, what do we need to know about this guy? Do you like him or Ian? You out? What do you think? Yeah, Omar's been with the Steelers for years, and they went through this lengthy interview process where they brought in folks from all different teams, and they went through a second round of interviews. We are at May 25th and we're getting this. Usually GMs are hired in January or February or immediately after the draft. Omar was patient. He learned under Kevin Colbert. He went through the interview process. He's very highly regarded throughout the league. And the Roonies, they did this right. They interviewed as many people as possible. They went through the process. The, the individual that they hired was the one that was right underneath their nose the entire time. Someone that's been in the building that they trust. Couldn't be happier for Omar. He does it the right way and he's been in the league for quite a long time working for that Pittsburgh organization. Now he gets his opportunity to be NFL GM. What a cool experience. And I think the Steelers are in very good hands. So the Steelers may have a GM lined up, but at OTAs, there's a quarterback battle brewing. Mitch Trubisky will be competing against their first round pick, Kenny Pickett. And Mitch spoke yesterday about being a Steeler and if he knew Pittsburgh would draft a quarterback. Let's take a listen. Thought we played fast out there. It's just great to be back on the field with the boys, going through everything, playing pitch catch on the field, and being out there. So it's an exciting time of year, and we're just trying to get better every day now. Did they indicate to you when you signed that they might or they would draft a quarterback? Was that ever discussed? They didn't. I knew coming into the situation, even coming from here from last year, wherever I was going to go, I was going to have to come in, compete, earn the trust of my teammates, and get back onto the field with hard work and my talent and just being a leader on this team. So we didn't have those conversations, but I, I knew it was a possibility coming wherever I would go next. All right, so we will see how that battle unfolds over the summer. But if you take a look around this division, we've talked a lot about the AFC champion Bengals and fending off the Browns and the Ravens, who are sure to be excellent this year. But are the Steelers being overlooked in the AFC North? Rank, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. People are overlooking them. Although I do want to say something about poor Mitch is like the dude got Glennon. Like he came, he signed with this team, thought he was going to get an opportunity. And not only did they draft a quarterback, they drafted a dude from Pittsburgh that everybody is clamoring to see enter the season as the number one quarterback. But ultimately, this is about the Steelers organization and how well they have continued to maintain excellence over decades. And that's the one thing about Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season. And now you look at the way this team is constructed right now regardless of the quarterback you got Najee Harris you got Deontay Johnson you got some other great players Chase Claypool they got the Muth Friar Muth on offense and then defensively that's a very good ball club as well obviously TJ Watt leading the way and I think everybody kind of overlooks the fact that they've brought in Brian Flores so 
I think the Steelers team is definitely going to be a factor in the AFC North. I will tell you as a programming note, I will be doing my predictions and uh, it might be tough for the Steelers, but I think they're going to be very good. When I think about the Steelers organization, right, from the moment that I've really followed football, right, they've always hung their their hat on a certain style, a certain brand of football. And it really doesn't even matter who the coach is. When it was Bill Cowher, they played the same way. And then, you know, you see a a guy like Mike Tomlin, he's been nothing but a great leader uh, for that football team. And so for me, you know, the same affinity I speak about Coach Belichick, that's how I feel about Mike Tomlin. I mean, the dude's been with the Steelers since, what, 2003, 2004? He's never had a losing season. This team will figure it out. And so I, I absolutely think they're being overlooked. They're going to play great defense. That offensive line, I feel like, is getting better. Whoever the quarterback is, if it's Mitchell Trubinsky, if it's Kenny Pickett, if they're just serviceable, like we don't need to hit a home run. And that's, I think, what the Steelers were doing with this whole draft process, right? It's not about hitting a home run. If we can just get a guy who can play within the confines of this offense, what we've seen from Ben the last couple of years, you feel like this team will be better. And so, yes, everybody in, in that division has gotten better as well. But I absolutely got a lot of faith and confidence in the Pittsburgh Steelers that they're going to go out here and they're going to give teams hell for 17 weeks. All right, so let's put our bows up to the bar and actually do this thing. Because if I'm being honest with you, I'm the same guy that comes on this show and hypes the Bengals. I'm the same guy that comes on this show and hypes the Ravens. I'm the same guy on this show that hypes the Browns. They can't all be overlooked. They can't all (laughs) win the division. I think it's fair to say, even though they have the defensive player of the year, even though they have a coach who's never had a season under 500, even though they have the most stable organization in football, it's fair because of the quarterback position and some unknowns there that the Steelers should go into this season as the fourth team in the AFC North. Does that lead to them saying, hey, let's prove people wrong? Guys, Mitchell Trubisky was a backup last year in the NFL. Kenny Pickett was not a top pick. He was the 20th overall pick. Can they be good? Yes. So can the Jaguars. So can the Saints. So can the Panthers. Are any of us picking the Steelers to win the AFC North? I love, love that organization. But I wouldn't be authentic this morning if I came in here and just did the usual listing of the players, talked about TJ Watt, said that Minka Fitzpatrick was great, and then gave you a rookie and said, watch this rookie, he's going to blow you away in the third round. I could do that for 32 teams. I'm being authentic here. I think the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns, if I had to stack them right now going into the season, I might have them ranked above the Steelers. That's fair, Peter. I mean, it, it absolutely is, and everything that you say is true. And last year, they were able but they made the playoffs last year with Ben Roethlisberger doing a weekend at Bernie's type of situation. You just compared him to the Jags. No, no. I mean, no disrespect to my friends down in Duval County, but the Steelers are a playoff team. So I think, again, they might be the fourth best team in that division, but give them a little bit more credit. Rank, I want to actually stay with you. You're obviously a massive Bears fan. You had many moments with Mitch Trubisky, some ups, a lot of downs. (laughs) Were there things that you saw in Trubisky that you feel are really positive and there may be things that we haven't seen because we don't watch every single Bears game every single weekend. What do you think about this guy? A lot of the problems that he had, I'm willing to go pin on Matt Nagy and make him the yes. vil- vilify yes. him. Interesting. Listen, it's what I got to do. Like, we're scapegoating here. Yes. This is what this is what's happening. I was hoping he was going to get the chance. I was hoping that Pittsburgh was going to allow him an opportunity to go out there and rewrite 
the second act of his career, the third act really with the stop in, in Buffalo, similar to what Ryan Tannehill was able to do. I think that he could have that career trajectory like that where he's never going to be a 5,000 yard a season passer, but I really do believe that he could have been a competent starting quarterback. He still might be, but I don't know that he's going to be given a chance with Kenny Pickett there. All right, I guess we're going to have to wait and find out. Uh, moving on, the spring league meeting wrapped up yesterday in Atlanta. Commissioner Roger Goodell addressed the media afterwards where he discussed several pressing matters facing the league, including the latest on Deshaun Watson. Let's take a listen. Sorry to disappoint you, but I can't give you a timeline because I think that process will go forward. I think we're nearing the end of the investigative period, and then at some point this will be handled by our disciplinary officer, and that will happen hopefully shortly, and then we'll see where that comes out. What do you think you personally gained from the last couple of days and having that here? What it showed to me is the extraordinary talent that we have. It also demonstrated that to our clubs, which I think they knew. But it also gave those individuals an opportunity to sort of see another side of the league, the way we operate, but also have an opportunity to really get to know some of the people or decision makers on the club level, including ownership. And I think that kind of communication and that kind of ability to understand the environment better for both our clubs and our participants was really incredibly valuable and overwhelmingly positive. I think everyone walked away with a different perspective. And I think that's what we want. And there are a lot of future GMs and head coaches that were in that room. And so we think that we've advanced that. All right. It sounds like a lot of positive things happening down there in Atlanta. We haven't done this segment in a long time, D'Angelo. I love doing it. It's called Two Point Conversing. It's basically our take on every debate show, but we do it for real. Like, there's issues that we don't always yeah. agree on, and D'Angelo and, and I have become very close friends over the past 12 months or so, working together, waking up early mornings, having some 5 o'clock p.m. dinners in Los Angeles during Super Bowl week when everyone else was out partying till midnight. I'll never forget those. <laughs> and it wasn't all just kumbaya. You and I would go after it. So I figured we would put some topics out there and we would debate. Let's start with this first one here. The fact that Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are not at OTAs is a reason for concern for the defending champion Los Angeles Rams. Do you agree or not? I disagree. And I know people might think I'm crazy because I just said yesterday, Kyler Murray should be there. Kyler Murray is the quarterback. This is Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. They are proven commodities. They know the system. They understand what's going on. And you know what? More importantly, guys in that locker room trust those two guys. They know that they are going to come and be about their business when they step on the football field. And so to me, that's the difference. But I ain't worried about AD and Jalen Ramsey. They can go have fun. Just show up on game day. All right. I actually am concerned, not so much about Ramsey. Aaron Donald has three years left on his contract. He's already won everything you could possibly win as an individual. The final image of him at the Super Bowl was him touching that, that ring finger, which he got. I don't know. Usually he's the guy. Like, he's working his butt off in Pittsburgh, and he's there for the Rams. And I know he's missed training camps in the past, and he's held out and all stuff. He's got three years left on his contract. He loves L.A. Like... I don't know. Are you not at all concerned that, like, what else does Aaron Donald have to prove? Concerned that 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 Aaron might wake up one day and want to be done and retire because he loves his life? Yeah, I'm always concerned with that. But I'm not concerned that I know when he steps on that football field, if he comes because he's ready, he's still playing football, the product I'm going to get from him. So... That's probably where I differ. I'll feel a lot better if I see him in the flesh on the field sooner rather than later. (laughs) 
I like Aaron Donald on the Rams. I don't like Aaron Donald working out in Pittsburgh with knives and jumping in pools in LA. Let's get him back on the field. He's too important not to have him next season. All right. This goes back to yesterday. There's a few things we're going to have to unpack if the viewer is just tuning in. We did a four-person draft. We each built three teams of the fastest players in NFL history. Rachel started us off and went with Tyree Kill. And she went with like a next-gen Amazon thing, which I actually respect. Like She went by the numbers. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, Mostert, and Taylor were the three fastest players in the league over the past few years. She went with the current guys. You went with Green, Rossum, and yourself. Very modest and humble of you. And then Adam Rank went with a few Bears. And then I went with Bo, Dion, and Skeets Nehemiah. Twelve different men were selected. One of them was not. Chris Johnson was not included and... He had to chime in here. This is funny. I need to be hired by Good Morning Football at this point. GMFB, I'm ready. Uh, Chris Johnson was the fastest player in the NFL for several seasons. 12 different men are mentioned on our show. He is not one of them. My statement is this. We owe a sincere apology to Tennessee Titans legend Chris Johnson. Do you agree or disagree, D'Angelo Hall? I agree. But Chris, come on now, bruh. Some of those names on that list, you're absolutely right. You should have been above. But I will renounce my throne, like coming to America style. Yeah. I renounce my throne. From here on out, I no longer want to be on my on my 40-yard. I don't know what we're running, a 4 by one shrakes or something, a 40-yard <laughs> dashes. But I'm not running no more. I'm giving my spot to Chris Johnson. Let's go. He's right. So I you're guess. giving up your spot? Alan Rossum? I'm going to give my spot up. Spot I'm gonna give Alan my spot Rossum? Up. You're giving up your own spot. Hey, Rossum was faster than me. I'm giving my spot up um, to CJ because I do know Chris has some gas. I'll say this. Chris Johnson was the fastest player when he was in the league. He ran a 4-2-8-40. He could easily be on the list. But we got a lot of responses about Bullet Bob Hayes. We got a lot of responses saying, hey, Lamar Jackson might be faster than all those guys. We got a lot of responses from people from James Jett to Alexander Wright to you name it. Chris, you're not alone. And yes, if you would like to come on Good Morning Football... We have a long off-season. We'd love to have you on as a guest. You can make the case for why you are the fastest man in NFL history. D'Angelo, that was pretty fun. That was awesome, Shrakes. I had a blast. I miss you in person. We'll have to do that soon. Uh, After this, so many second-year quarterbacks. Which one has the most pressure on me? We're going to discuss after this. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Let's talk some football. The Jets are holding their OTAs, and a lot of focus is on Zach Wilson. Sure, his play on the field, but also his look. Robert Sala called him beefy a couple weeks ago, and yesterday he added a new adjective to describe his quarterback. Let's take a listen. He's thick, so he's uh, (laughs) uh, another word, right? No, he. You guys will see. You guys will see him. He look. He looks good. He he looks confident. <laughs> that dude's beefy. You guys seen him? Yeah. Definitely feel like from past experiences of putting weight on too that I, I feel more athletic, faster, the more weight muscle that I put on. And so that was the goal. I just feel like I'm a better athlete with more weight on me for some reason. Battle of the beef this morning. I'm so sorry I just had to say that. Uh, So the thick (laughs) Zach Wilson is entering his second year along with the other QBs in the 2021 draft class. Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, all of them in very different situations. But my question is, which one of these quarterbacks has the most on their shoulders, the most pressure heading into the 2022 season? Shregs, who is it? Yeah, I'm going with Trey Lance on this one. I see Trey Lance and I'm like, you just were given a year where you could learn from Jimmy and you had to play two and a half games, really. But the amount that the 49ers traded up to get Trey Lance, they gave multiple first round picks, they gave up other picks, and they didn't acquire Matthew Stafford. Remember, Matthew Stafford was on the block in March. The 49ers were very interested. The Rams offered more and the Rams made what I think was a more aggressive play. Got Stafford, end up winning a Super Bowl. As a consolation, the Niners were like, all right, our plan B is we're going to go and get the best quarterback we can in this draft. And they went and they got Trey Lance, but they had to give up their next two drafts, essentially. Is he going to be the starter? Like, is Trey Lance not ready yet? 
Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster, and Kyle Shanahan spoke on it yesterday and said the, the shoulder injury kind of ruined the trade market for Jimmy, but year two, when you're the number three overall pick, you got to get on the field. This isn't 1975, and this isn't 2005, where Aaron Rodgers can sit for three years and was even the 25th overall pick. I think Trey Lance has to come out, and not like in September and October. I think his thing starts now. Like, he's done everything, everything right. I'm told this kid is unbelievable, and the football will follow, but like, the person is unbelievable. But he needs to get the confidence from his teammates, and in July and August, if Jimmy's still there, he needs to be better than Jimmy. He has to be. I don't think in 2022 with what they traded uh, to get him that Trey Lance can't see the field. I just think that is an absurd thing, especially at the third overall pick while Mac Jones has taken his team to the playoffs and was the 15th overall pick. I'm right there with you. You know, which, which second year guy has the most on his shoulders? It's Trey Lance. And for as bad as we say Jimmy G is, and I wouldn't even say for as bad as we say he is because Jimmy G is, is still a great quarterback and is a really good quarterback in this league. To get to that great threshold, you got to win championships. And so when you talk about pressure for Trey Lance, Jimmy G has taken this team to a Super Bowl. Last year, Jimmy G lost in the NFC Championship game. And so the standard for this 49ers football team and who they can be with just good quarterback play, we know where that is. Can Trey Lance elevate this team more so than Jimmy G did and take them to Super Bowl champion? I think those are the expectations for Kyle Shanahan in this offense. Like I say, to defend a mobile quarterback changes the game. The reason Russell Wilson is so dangerous is because when he starts moving around and that play is extended and the, and the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes as well, Aaron Rodgers, and these guys, it's the chemistry of those guys. It's the timing. It's DBs. We, we just get lost. Our eyes start going different ways. And the chemistry between receiver and quarterback, it just trumps anything we can do coverage-wise. And so until we see it, we're still saying, hey, at least Jimmy G took us this far. And so to me, Trey has to elevate this football team. I, I understand about that with, with Trey Lance, but forgive me if I'm going to come out here and play the hits. I'm like the Black Crows. <laughs> it's time to play Remedy. I got to say something about Justin Fields because I don't think that there's any of these second-year quarterbacks who's getting as much scrutiny that people have decided, like, if he doesn't take the Bears to the Super Bowl this season, then it's a wash. They can't evaluate him or anything like that, which really just flies in the face of reality. I, I think for a lot of people who follow the Chicago Bears, they're refreshed by Ryan Poles' approach approach to building a team around Justin Fields. And it's more than just getting a mid-card wide receiver that you spent $90 million on. It's all about rebuilding an offensive line that started last season where they drafted two bookend tackles. They put a lot of draft equity in the offensive line this season to get more athletic, to get faster. We heard Greg Olson talk yesterday about Cole Komet. And then also building the defense. Last year, Justin Fields put the Bears in winnable situations against the Steelers, the Ravens, and the 49ers. The thing that let them down was the defensive secondary, and they went out that and addressed it with Kyler Gordon, who was a first-round talent. They got uh, Jaquan Brisker, who is a very much a Mike Brown type of safety for people who remember him back in the day. I think the Bears have built this team for success in future, and it might not mean a lot of winning this year, but I think they've done a pretty nice job of surrounding Justin Fields with a team. Adam, you're ear to the ground in Chicago. I feel like that's a straw man. I feel like 
no one's saying Justin Fields is any. Pre- I feel like if anything, it's not on Fields that Matt Nagy has been used as the reason why Fields didn't develop, and that everyone's just kind of throwing up their hands like, "What is Bears management doing?" I feel like Fields of any of these guys has not had the spotlight on him. You tell me I'm I'm wrong on that. That there's an actual pressure on Fields himself. I feel like if anything, of all these guys, it's not like is he good. It's more like poor Justin Fields. We did him no favors last year. I think I probably hang out too much on Twitter. I don't want to give oxygen <laughs> to other websites or anything like that. Who put out allegations that management is trying to sabotage Justin Fields. And even, you know, in-house, you know, Rosenthal and Sessler sometimes are like, they're the Bears are trying to do two different things. I'm like, no, no, no. They're just trying to win football. I, I think that they have a trust in Justin Fields where, look, he's a good player. We'll see if he can play or not. You know, whether they have, you know, a Devontae Adams type receiver or not, we'll understand. You'll be able to tell. I just think that they're they're just going about their business a little bit uh, more methodically. I'm going to go with Zach Wilson here. Beefy Zach Wilson. The Jets had a phenomenal <laughs> draft, and I do think that this is why he has the most on his shoulders. It's great to have guys like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, but at some point, you've got to step up. You've got to be a leader, and he was starting to improve at the end of last season. If you take a look at his first seven starts and his last six starts, he cut way down on his interceptions. The first seven starts, he had 10 interceptions, only four touchdowns. And then if you look at the last six, he had five touchdowns, only one interception. His passer rating went up. So there were a lot of improvements towards the end of last season. Let's see if he can can keep going. He's bigger now. He's stronger. I'm excited to see what this guy looks like next season. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Thermador at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 